and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blackity black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blackity black, and I'm black, y'all, I'm piggity black, black, and I'm black, and I'm black, 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 yo, yo, it is, black history month. That was that was an intro. That's how you come in. I didn't think you were gonna keep it going that far. You gotta do a shimmy when you do when you say it too. Oh gosh. Yeah, man, it's Black History Month. Shout out to our people one time, one time, or a couple more times. Oh god. Oh gosh, here we go. You just gonna start it off like that, huh? Yeah. So, how are you feeling about Black History Month? Like, what what's your take on Black History Month? How you feel about that? I feel like I feel like. This is just for us. I feel like I get a enrichment of power every every February. Like it's our time, like our time. I'm trying to remember, like you know, man, it's like a special effect just kicked in. Like we're playing Yu-Gi-Oh or something. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Pokemon. I, you know, you know, special I special bonus. I am very for the people, so I feel like my history is every day, not just 28 days out of the year. You feel me? Mm. But I do go particularly hard in February. I will say that. Um, Yeah. Uh, As far as like work uniform and everything goes, I'm about to show out a little bit. Oh. You know, wear a very influential tee as much as I possibly can. Exactly. I'm trying to schedule mine, like my outfits, my attire or whatnot. Um, Every week I have to go to this like weekly uh, leadership meeting with the people I work with. And, um, yeah, I think that will be my time. I'm going to wear, you know, HBCUs matter. Throw my MLK shirt in there. Mm. Um, I do have a sweatshirt on the way. It says, I am Black History. I'm going to wear that. Bust out the uh, HBCU uh, hats. All that, all that. Um, But, yeah, like I said, 365. Not 28 days, but you feel me. True that, true that. And I feel like we all need to, we all need to be 365 all day, every day. And I feel like we, we try our best. You know, we, we slack off here and there throughout the year. But, I mean, a fresh 28 days. We ain't going to talk about how short that is you and know, how we how get the like, shortest month. You know, That's a whole nother story. A whole nother level. But, first off, they didn't want us to have this month at all. True, true. But then to actually, you know, provide us with a month of focus. Just focus on us, where we came from, how we got here, things that we should celebrate. I think that's definitely needed. But, okay, so you and I both work with kids. Do you feel like in the month of February, are kids actually getting the info that they need when it comes to Black History Month? I mean, our kids as the one we work with, no. The ones, unless we doing live TED Talks consistently because I know when I was a teacher, I was doing that for sure. We had to stop the class, and I was like, yo, let me talk to you guys about Marcus Garvey real quick. Yeah, see, uh, like I said in my after-school program, um, we do different themes for our curriculum every month, and everybody know off top, February is Black History Month, and I'm not doing the typical Rosa (laughs) Parks or, you know, Martin Luther King. Like, we're going... the other ones yeah like i just i i don't think in school like even with me looking back to my education i don't think it's anything that's emphasized like they tell you it's black history month but they they tell you and they leave it at that yeah or they you know this is a great time for us to talk about slavery and how uh right like (laughs) i don't want to hear about that like y'all put that in the history book so much like why can't we celebrate our greatness and our, our be proud of our blackness what I hate, oh, this is another, this is a whole nother issue. I hate how people are just like, oh, you know, Black History Month or, or being proud of being black means that you're anti, anti-white or <gasps> Caucasian. And oh my gosh, that's so irritating. <laughs> it's so irritating. Just because I'm comfortable with myself and I celebrate myself and my heritage does yeah. not mean that I discredit your heritage in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Like, you should be confident. I feel like it shows that they, they have, like, their own issues or whatever. Right, their own uh, 
insecurities about yeah. other people or how much they know, how little they know of you. Or how trifling, or how, how they know how <laughs> trifling right. their ancestors were. So For they sure. got a problem with me celebrating mine. Oh, it's man. not my fault. To this day, best skit on SNL, my boy Keenan Thompson getting in front of that class and saying, when I say slavery, you say sorry. Slavery, sorry, slavery, sorry. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, God, so many times I thought about that. But, yeah. Anyways, let's let's not get too caught up in this. Uh, you ready to start the show this week? Ready to get this going? Hell yeah, because this is the way I'm, I'm about to celebrate Black History Month with us. Ooh, let's start the show. first but first we're going to go through introductions you already know this is uh your friendly neighborhood therapist jeremiah knight on the ones and twos and my uh amazing beautiful co-host what's up y'all this is vanessa Denae. your boy is going a little rogue on the on the script here. No, I ain't following script. Anyways. One take Drake. Welcome back. This is Love Yours, the podcast. Um, appreciate you guys joining us. If you listened to our first episode, we back at you. Episode number two. Um, Before we get into the heavy stuff, let's just talk about some of the things we've been seeing in the black community this week. Mr. Mr. Swoosh. In the culture. So we got a Super Bowl weekend right here. We're in the middle of it. Games later today. But I feel like we need to talk about these artists. Our girl. Is it Auntie? Are we Auntie? Is your grandma or what were what, what we? Auntie Glass Night? I don't know. Where are we placing her at? But she's performing National Anthem. And then Mr. Travis Scott will be joining our room five for the halftime show. So, Miss Vanessa, I'm 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 feeling a little way about class night performing, but then again, you know, everybody has their own choice and whatnot, and that's cool. But I feel like some of her comments that she made regarding whether she should or not, Kaepernick, and how he plays into it, I felt a little way about it. I feel like she understands the issue, but she wants to sidestep that, <clears throat> and then uh, you know, give the the anthem back its, its original meaning um trash i'm sorry <laughs> uh you know what i'm saying like i respect gladys but nah fam i stand with cap ain't no ain't no super bowl I ain't watching it none of that exactly i don't i don't understand it i mean like i, I it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, she's, I guess she's trying to, you know, stay in her bag, get her money while she can or whatever. But it's just like, I low-key feel like uh, NFL asking her to perform the national anthem as well as asking Travis Scott amongst other African-American artists was like a slap in the face. Like, they know what they're doing. You feel me? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Cap, but all your people, but we still got Gladys. Travis still rocking with us. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm good off of it. I feel like this was the, this is kind of the time for us to stand together. I get that, yeah, the Super Bowl being in Atlanta brings a lot of job opportunities and yeah. a lot of money into the city that wouldn't necessarily normally be there but i think this was our time to use black dollars to support black businesses and and other things like that and Mm -hmm. say um f the nfl that that's where i'm at with it but hey it's just little old me true 
true. I mean, I'm only watching because of fantasy, but hey, fantasy's over, so I'm not really paying attention to this stuff. NBA's getting real good. My boy Boogie Cousins out there now. Oh, Lord. But so I'm not I'm not paying too much close attention. I mean, of course, I would rather them, you know, stand by cap. But they, man, that Super Bowl would be whack if we didn't have black arts there. So Period. Period. Yeah. And that, that's what, it sucks because we know that if, if, african-american athletes took a stand and were just like you know what we all quit yeah oh ain't no athletics in the u.s i'm sorry like ain't none i mean there is some but it's not gonna be as exciting and as good as it is now honestly And again, we. But I mean, hey, that's they, their paycheck. They, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the feed and everything like that. Exactly. So it's hard exactly. To say so I can't be out. that mad because you know everybody has a nine to five. Like people could tell me, you know, quit your job, Vanessa. This right. and that, but because ain't nobody paying Vanessa's bills. So. Exactly, but Vanessa. <laughs> can I tell you? Um, but yeah, no. So I get that part of it. I I understand to an extent. Fabulous. We we get quickly super quick to get into these like divides very easily on these topics of right who provides the most information more clarity in it um you know opposite perspectives and then suddenly like our community gets divided yeah and that's that's honestly our main issue is we can't i feel like as a black community we don't often we don't come together on the same page so that's what keeps us divided yeah, I mean, it's hard to agree and disagree and leave it at that and move on together, but it's just things can get so heated, you know. We're passionate people. Damn, feelings get hurt. So Passionate people. I mean, I think that's how it's always going to be, but who's doing it? Is it the man or is it us? That's the real question. A little bit of both. True that. Anyways, on, on a, a more positive note as far as the Super Bowl is concerned... Um, shout out to uh, a gentleman who on IG goes by Occasional Superstar. Um, he chose to, well, I guess from what, I, from what I'm read, reading, um, he did a mural, a Kaepernick mural back in, I don't know, a few months ago or whenever he did it. And it is in Atlanta. However, just days before the Super Bowl, it gets torn down where he did the wall that he did the mural on Mm -hmm. and you know instead of you know being super negative about it he chose to do a artistic peaceful protest and basically has rallied around um atlanta and asked anybody who has uh who owns a building if they have space and would like a mural so he's calling upon all his friends that are in the art art game out there all his muralist friends to create different Kaepernick murals around Atlanta. And I think that's really cool. What do you think about that? That's definitely great. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a role model. And though not everybody agrees with what he's standing for or how he's doing it or how he's going about it or how he's taking care of things after, I think it's, it's definitely notable because it's something we speak about, we should speak about more about how he's sticking up and how athletes are not just athletes, they're people too and they're there's stuff that's affecting them and that they should be able to you To know, speak up about things. Yeah. <clears throat> how they're feeling about it, how they feel like it's affecting their community because they are necessarily a part of our community and they things affect them too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the whole um the whole movement that this gentleman is starting. Oh, it, it's called the Capper Bowl. If anybody's interested, uh, you can search it on IG hashtag Capper Bowl. Um, I think they got like a total of like seven different locations where people are just going out and creating these murals for Kaepernick. He was trying to get one really close to the dome. Um, but yeah, shout out to him. That's dope. That's a dope, dope idea. Dope movement. Exactly. One to follow for the culture. But yeah, I know you guys heard this. Heard Hot my, off the press. I heard I heard my boy Twenty One is is getting deported. I don't believe this. <laughs> don't believe it. I. 
I am so confused because I'm like, wait, what? So, so he not from Atlanta? Because your boy, 21, Mr. Savage, uh, <laughs> he reps the ATL super hard. So I'm strong. I am shocked. <laughs> I am appalled. I've been led astray. Man. Abram like, jo- Abraham Joseph. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. And it's just like, I seen something that someone said, and I agree. Like, he ca- caught a drug charge in 2014, somewhere in there. So, so if the man was here illegally, why didn't he get deported then? Right then and there. So they waited until after he performed for the Super Bowl. He did the whole thing. He did like a Did like he a perform for the shoot. Super Bowl? He did like a, not for the Super Bowl, but he did like one of their, you know, hey, you're in here in Atlanta. We're putting on an event for you. I'm like perform. an Atlanta party or whatever? Yeah. Not necessarily sponsored by the NFL, though. I'm pretty sure it's part of the Super Bowl week nomination and everything like that. So, upon that, Grammy, it reads, Grammy-nominated rapper 21 Savage was arrested in Atlanta early Sunday by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. According to ICE spokesman Brian Cox, the agency says he's illegally present in the United States according to this I am so confused man um and then I read something you know uh 21 has kind of changed not kind of he he's changed his behaviors as of lately in the past like year or so he's become more positive in my my opinion you know and I guess he had a recent performance where he brought up uh Flint still not having clean water as well as children being stuck at the border. And, you know, it, it makes you it makes you think, like, hmm, as long as he's talking about selling drugs and shooting up people, it's all good. It's all good. But the minute someone says some intelligent stuff, oh, no. you, you gotta oh, go. You, 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 you ain't from this country. You, oh, no. you gotta go. Mm-mm. Hmm. 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 So, I mean, if he's from the UK, he got us all because everybody... <laughs> Played. Uh, man, I just knew he was from Atlanta. <laughs> I just knew it. I just, I you just heart of hearts. Man, instinct like I just knew yes. he was gonna be in the in the ATL part two. ATL? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like you with him. The, the test. Put him on some. Put some roller skates on him. Let's see if he can skate. <laughs> I bet he glides. Right. Probably a beast. Just At messing the cascade, up. Chilling. But yeah, I'm confused by that. So. I mean, hopefully it's cleared up by our next recording. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> hopefully we figure this out because oh, the man. world is puzzled. I'm puzzled. Black people are shook right now. They don't know how. How, Sway? <laughs> how? You gotta explain this to them. You gotta, there's gotta be a lifetime uh, doc, documentary on this. Wendy Williams? I'm trying to tell you, because we even, we sat here, we tried to Google some things, and uh, I mean, Wikipedia isn't like the greatest of info, hey, hey, but, but says, I mean, Wiki, Wikipedia is talking about he's born in Atlanta, so. But then again, he could have changed that, <laughs> just to throw us off. He put that in there. He put that in there, like, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm from you, Atlanta. London? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Nah, fam. That's, crazy. <laughs> That's so crazy. Isn't he like, isn't his mom like Haitian? I want to say he has some like Islander descent. I don't know if it's Haitian. Don't quote me on that. But I, I do want to say he has like an, some Caribbean. I don't know. But I, don't know. I what I don't, what I don't, don't think is that he's from the UK. That's, that's what I don't think. Well, we about to see. Yeah, but um, that to be continued. Or the man oh. has figured out another way to get us out. Oh, I mm. mean, it wouldn't be the first time. Anyways, <laughs> true that, true that, true that. <clears throat> All on right. God. All right. Let Let's. Can I Can I get an on God for uh, Twenty One Savage? Nah. Oh man. Nah. Yo, so free Twenty One Savage. Free him. Let's start that up. Right. Hashtag it... free Twenty One. 21, 21, 21. All right, so enough with the current events, Mr. Knight. What we got going to t- 
today for this week's episode. All right, so today we're going to be talking about psychotherapy, a.k.a. therapy, if you don't know, and why African Americans are so adverse to it. Why are they avoiding it? Okay, that's what's up. Uh, For those of you who don't know, this is a black mental health podcast. Um, Our primary reason for starting the podcast is to make African Americans more aware of things that they may be going through and could possibly need some some help with. So um, we're just going to start it off with, you know, tackling the idea of actually going to therapy. Ooh, whoa, what? We going to therapy? Yeah. Oh, no. No, can't do that. <clears throat> can't do that. So if you wonder what therapy is, mostly psychotherapy is just like talk therapy. You go to someone, sit in a chair, sometimes a couch. Not all of us have couches. That's a popular misconception. Red couches. Yeah, red couches. Y'all think we don't got couches? No. I mean, I feel like a red couch is kind of fly, but I mean, it's not everywhere. It is. But what kind of red couch? Like leather? Or are we talking like... Red leather is weird. Suede. I feel like that. Ooh, a red suede couch? Ooh, that... Hey, when you get your own practice, fam, get the red suede. Yo, get wait. the red suede. I'm going to charge them extra, though, for that. Do it. Oh, yep. But uh, in a sense, uh, psychotherapy, you're going to talk to somebody about your problems. A lot of it is uh, basically, would describe it as a process whereby psychological problems are treated through communication and relationship factors between the individual and a trained mental health professional. So you go to someone who has a general sense of not only disorders, depression, schizophrenia, anxiety, and you talk to them about that. They can also help with interpersonal relationships. So you, relationships between you and other people that you're trying to figure out, which can be done individually. It can also be done in couples. So you can bring a partner into treatment and you guys talk about your problems, whether it be, hey, you would like to have kids, your partner would not. And you guys talk about, you know, how can you guys move on from this or what's a better solution for it? You can also do groups where you are brought into a group of other individuals experiencing a particular problem. And you guys are able to form a community and discuss how you guys are able to overcome such challenges. So basically, psychotherapy, in a nutshell, is... Allowing you to talk through your problems, basically, quote unquote problems. Um, it's a little deeper than talking to your best friend, because uh, your best friend might not be qualified to uh, no <laughs> <laughs> to fill they you in on some things. I, mm. Hey, a lot of friends feel that they are, and if you have a a best friend that's in the psychology field, then your best friend might be qualified for it. However, they still have that bias because they actually know you. So that's another thing. That's another thing. So they may not be, you know, telling you all the information you need that or you just may feel like they are skewed. Yeah. Their opinion skewed. They want something else for you or they have, you know, ulterior motives and other sense. So sometimes it's best to go to a professional because one, they've gone to school they spent most of their time dealing with this particular field psychology human behavior relationships with other people existential issues like that is all that just like you would go to a mechanic for your car just like you would go to an accountant for your checkbook balancing it and everything you would go to somebody who's been trained to handle relationships help through different challenges that you face through every day. Now, when it comes to the black community, African-American community, just black folks in general, uh, we kind of have this whole idea that, you know, you go to therapy or if you need a therapist, you're crazy. Like, in in, in lamest terms. Unfortunately, that is something that kind of, haunts our community yeah so i would like to say it's definitely one of the biggest um deterrents is definitely you know stigma and judgment 
both of them being quite similar, but having different origins, stigma is coming from you, your beliefs about what you're doing and the guilt that's in it. And then judgment is your perceived notions of how other people will will see you or think of you if they found out. Yeah, so you can get those stigmas be, by being raised in like a, a, a background that doesn't necessarily see therapy as helpful. It's yeah. not something that we as black people do. Yeah, it's not um, valued or appreciated. Yeah, or it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, so that that's where you get that issue. And I find like... I find that a lot of people within the black community, that is one of the main reasons we don't seek therapy. Oh, man. How, how do you feel about that? It is. like Value in it is not too many. It's not widely talked about, mainly because of stigma. So if you're in a group and all your friends don't do therapy, they have no interest in it, they're not talking about how like how it's helped them then you're most likely not going to seek it you're not going to want to tell anybody about it either so i feel like it's facts but i think now we're entering a day and age that it's being talked about a little bit more with other people your other friends but not black to black i guess that's a fair statement Mm -hmm. i mean we can say that, like, you and I, we sit here yeah. and we, we talk about therapy and different stuff like that. But we're a little different. Yeah. Um, we both have the psychology background, so that's probably why we talk about it, it more. Helps. Yeah, it, it makes it easier it, to to unload your nonsense. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like... I mean, it, if we if we weren't in the psychology field and we're both black and we're still doing this stuff, do you still think we would be talking about our own mental health with each other? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I never really thought about it, (laughs) but it's a possibility that no, probably, um, because I'm trying to think of like my other friends who aren't necessarily in the psychology field. Um, they still talk to me about stuff, but that might simply be because they know I'm in the psychology field. So it's just like, if we we were both just not, yeah, if we were both just not in that area, then probably not, but we are, I, I will give our generation some credit we are moving forward in trying to to get the conversation out there and to talk mm-hmm. about mental health and uh you know if we're not doing okay and if we are doing okay and how to remain healthy and how to be on the right track so we are getting there but i say if we look back at to for instance our parents yeah. or our grandparents great grandparents that wasn't a thing it, it was not a thing not and bad. you know we are creatures of habit you kind of mimic how you were raised, even if you feel like it's not the greatest, even if you have problems with the way you were raised or whatever the case may be. Um, you teach and pass on what you know. Exactly. And I mean, even if us as African-Americans, you can definitely, when you think back to your family history, you can definitely point out different instances where trauma has been passed down, um, that a number of individuals in your family definitely had depression definitely had anxiety mm-hmm. and those inevitably passed it down to their kids and their kids created had other issues that may have create or kind of flowed or bleeded into other behaviors maybe externalizing such as um misbehavior um violence issue with legal system Mm -hmm. yeah domestic violence and then of course substance use Mm -hmm. so i'm sure we can all sit here and think about or identify someone in our family that the family just kind of labels as the crazy one or you know that's just your auntie you know how she is yeah so on and so forth and if you really like if you educate yourself and you really look at why they're saying like oh that's your different auntie or you know how she is and stuff like that if you educate yourself you're realizing like hey you know maybe auntie needs a little little help yeah you know it's not it's not one of those things that we should just shrug off and it's not that the family is is shrugging them off it's just they're uneducated yeah and definitely in those situations if you, if you know a little bit more if you can see the patterns then pity becomes empathy and empathy becomes compassion so that you're able to do a little bit more for them help them seek help 
connecting to resources or just be listening here and see you know allow them to vent to you or at least direct them to someone who they can vent to like a professional um because definitely those situations you know sending them to somebody who who can help them creates uh you know amazing growth within them um i would say another reason that black people tend to avoid therapy um this goes into the whole stigma idea but the idea that therapy is for is for white people that white people that's for white folks uh, counseling white people go. To oh counseling. yeah not us we don't do that yeah and again that's one of those things that we're you know unfortunately uneducated about yeah. Um, I will give some credit to back in the day, therapy was not one of those things that black people could necessarily afford. Yeah. So that's why it got that whole idea like, oh, you know, therapy, that's for that's for white people. It was more so that they could afford it and we really couldn't. And so that might have been a way to kind of blanket the idea or yeah. to cover up the fact that we couldn't afford it. Yeah, on top of that, I feel like a lot of it's been, you know, therapies for white people because, you know, Everybody but us is a little bit weaker. We right. a different breed. We may we cut from a different cloth. Yes, 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 yes. So if we need to seek therapy, it must we have to be really, really going through it. I think when I talked to one of my clients is was like, Well, if I was fine before you came here, Jeremiah. And I mean, what when when would I have this when should I have come to therapy? Is one like if the house is burning down and there's Notably, African Americans, we have been known to wait longer to seek help. And I feel like, you know, the message of, you know, white people do this kind of keeps us from getting the necessary help or intervention that we need sooner, which could create, you know, which could deter us from, you know, further tragedies, further issues, further mental health risks, further health risks in general. We'd be in a much better place if we seek that help yeah. sooner. But I think it's it's not only like society, like black society that tells us, you know, we, we can tough it out. But then also, you know, what did you say? It's not just our community, but I feel like it's us internally that's telling us, like, you know, we don't. Like, you know, our ego's hurt, but we, we, we don't need to go to the doctor. Right. Like that whole, that whole idea that, you know, uh, black women are strong. Yeah. We or, have to be strong. Or we're just, we're these, we, we're these superheroes. Yeah. And, you know, we just don't wear a cape. Right. That mentality can, it, it's a good, it's a good mentality, but it can be detrimental yeah. to Intrinsic, your mental. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, so, so. I'll take for me personally, like when I was going through a lot of things that I should have seeked help with yeah. back in the day, um, I internalized it and it was just like, you know, what, like, nah, you know, look at your mom, look at your grandma, look at your mm-hmm. aunt. You, they would never, you, you, you're just, you're being soft. Yeah. This is legitimately what I told myself. I was being soft. Yeah. That I needed to just suck it up and figure mm-hmm. it out. And this is just, this is a part of life and this is how it goes. And you got to just get through it. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Like, yes, life has its growing pains and things like that. But some of the stuff that black people deem as okay and just uh, a simple growing pain mm-hmm. aren't always growing pains. There are, are sin- like serious issues yeah. that we need to talk through. Um, so we kind of, we just got to get out of that mind state. Like, yes, being black is beautiful. Being black is like, we are strong. Yeah. Stronger the, than most. I definitely feel like the word I was looking for is like intrinsic. Like it's in inside us, like it's embedded. Yeah. It's like, it's in our DNA. Yeah. Even that... before like it's spoken to mm-hmm. like by the community or by our parents, like it's in inside us saying like, no, we got to be tough. We got to keep this in. We got to, we got to be you gotta push further than or work harder than everybody else to get this well i mean because out of the womb you're told that you know you gotta work twice as hard as little Susie or little johnny which is true it's true but that creates a whole idea that yes i have to work twice as hard and i gotta deal with 
10 times more bullshit than they do. Mm-hmm. And I just got to figure it out. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's a double edged sword kind of thing. Cause yeah. I feel like it does make us stronger as a people, but at the same time it holds us back. Yeah. So it's definitely, I feel like it's a pride issue as well. Mm-hmm. Cause you want to be able to, you know, be efficient in solving your own problems like we like to be fixers. I think it's, you know, in our natures, human beings to be fixers. You know, if our spouse comes over and she, she or he talks to us about how like this coworker was doing this, you it's easy to just slide into oh well you should do that and you should do this. So, and to realize like hey there are problems out there that I have that I can't fix on my own, and to have to give that or bring somebody in to help with that is like unsettling yes because it's almost like a uncomfortable it's definitely uncomfortable because you almost feel like you're giving someone someone power Mm -hmm. too much power over yourself yeah and um yeah and that's hard it's hard it's like you know you can give up power unknowingly but Mm -hmm. to willingly be like here here are my issues here are my faults this is where i'm screwing up and i need help and i'm lacking (gasps) fix it that is a hard thing to say which brings in brings us into a whole nother misconception us therapists we don't solve your problems we give you tips and tricks right and teach you a couple skills to help you along the way that we should, you know, encourage you to do. But the big ticket stuff, how you decide to go about your business, how you handle your everyday, what you do with this girl, do you stay with her? Do you leave her? Do you keep this one on and go find another one? That's all up to you, baby. Leave her. I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything. Just leave them. It's... It's all up to you. At the end of the day, we just help you find the options, get you to a place where you can think clearly so we don't solve your problems and we don't take over your life. It's just the fear of being vulnerable. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, the fear of being vulnerable. That's understandable. Another another thing that holds us back as a community is, well, let, let me rephrase that. Another thing that holds us, that keeps us from kind of Seeking help would have to be, in my opinion, religion. Hmm. What do you think about that one? Oh, that's a strong one. Because there's plenty. Oh, yeah. I definitely have family members who have said, you know, listen to problems. And instead of providing, like, sound advice or, hey, here's a couple of options that you could do. Or, oh, here's a person that you should talk to about this. It's, well, you you can just pray on it, put it in God's hands, and that'll be it. And for some situations that helped, and other situations it was like, I, I feel like this thing kind of needs like a sense of urgency. It needs this thing kind of needs to be plans need to be put in place. I need to get on this. Right. I feel like um, that's definitely something that. Uh happens a lot within the black community just seeking um religion or or praying about it yeah is supposed to fix all problems and i'm not i'm not discrediting any religion Mm -hmm. by any means um like i said before we're both very strong in our faith it's just um you got to kind of take a a better look at things like some things not all things are just like you know what i'm gonna pray on it and just leave it it's yeah. it's prey on it, but also seek the proper help in mm-hmm. getting the, the, the issue resolved. And I think that's where where we as a people need to definitely step it up a bit. Yeah. I, I, I get, you know, seeking church and um, friends of faith and, and getting the word out and having people pray mm-hmm. over you and everything like that. Like that, that's great. And sometimes it is pretty comforting. But what happens when you're not at church? Exactly. And I think religion has been used as like kind of a magic pill a lot of the times saying that, you know, 
this will be the thing, the solution that makes everything better. You don't have to do anything. You have to do a little bit, which is just pray or, you know, worship or meditate on this. And then the problem will be solved by somebody else. But quite often it's not. I mean, there was definitely a time where I definitely went to church and during testimony, a uh, lady got up, said, hey, I'm having shortness of breath. Um, you know, I feel a little lightheaded. I feel this, I feel that. Several medical conditions that she should, medical symptoms that she should definitely go see a doctor right now. Like leave church, get up out of your seat and go to a hospital and check yourself in. But she said, instead, I am going to pray on this and and God will heal it all. And it was like, this is concerning a little bit. I'm sure this is like a, like a maybe once every now and then it happens, but still, it's still, I feel like it's definitely an extreme of where how bad it can get or how like severe right. the magical thinking can get. Right, and and you know. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. It's not like a one-off situation. Like, I know people in my family that have, instead of seeking medical treatment, and I'm not just referring to mental health, just medical treatment in general, um, feel like, oh, I'm just going to pray, and Mm -hmm. that'll be okay. That's one thing I will say. The the pastor of the church that I was raised going to, he's just like, yeah, pray, but we're also going to head to the head to the doctor and see exactly. see what this doctor is talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, in, in African-American, in the community, in their defense, I will say that probably comes from the lack of uh, having resources avail- available mm-hmm. to us long ago, where at, at the time, religion was all we had. Yeah. So then that, that makes perfect sense. But it's just like we got to kind of get the awareness out there so we can move forward with the times. Time being that, you know, seeking help for mental health reasons is acceptable. It's not something that's frowned upon. Yeah. I think um, another thing that would be keeping us from from treatment would be just judgment of people are going to think we're crazy if we say we're going to therapy. I mean, that's quick. That's a easy jump right there. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you talking to a therapist? Oh, what? Oh, so you crazy? Oh, you got that. Your problem is that. Oh, you crazy? So I think, you and can't then on come top to of that, like no yes, more. us already thinking <laughs> we're being black, you know. Oh no, no, white people go to therapy. So if a black person's in therapist, oh snap, something must be going down, something. And that's a that's a terrible mind state to have, people. Yeah. Like. Therapy does not mean you're crazy. First of all, the word crazy in itself is a whole nother issue. You shouldn't be. It's 2019. We're not going to call people crazy because that's not the case out here. But we know who we're going to talk about as crazy is. No, you're stupid. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. It's not OK. Don't be talking about, oh, you know, that man's crazy. He talking about he he suicidal or you know depressed depressed oh you crazy no he's someone is expressing expressing their feelings Mm -hmm. crazy is not is not the proper term let's let's stray let's get away from that yeah because i mean i feel like it's a blanket term for something that's for everything facts i mean at the end of the day it's life there can be more there can be very overwhelming things in life to say that, you know, that you will never have to go to anybody else for problems or help with your problems is fucking BS. So, we all have different challenges. We all have different lives. We all come across different things. And life just brings different things to your door. So, that you were kind of forced to deal with. Like, you can't run away from them. And for some people, they, you know, they knock them out right away. And others... They have to wait. They suppress it. They don't want to be honest with themselves that this is a problem. They can't handle it. That they need help until, like, it's time. It's time to go talk about it. And emotions are, man. Emotions are real. Yeah. Emotions can take you out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be serious. Emotions and, you know, not knowing how to handle things properly because we haven't been taught because 
no one really talks about it. Anger. Anger is just bad. You're not supposed to have it. Right. But, who? Exactly. This is this is why we get into the whole, like right now, mm-hmm. uh, people talking about if a man shows emotion like, oh, he crying or anything like that, then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he's soft. He a punk. Poison Kate. Uh, Bow Wow. Mm. I'm not even talking about this whole him being arrested as of lately. That's a whole nother issue. But Bow Wow, you know, he's been going through some things. (laughs) Uh, Expressing his emotion, like being sad and upset and frustrated and crying. And and that people, like everybody's making fun of him and things like that. But I need y'all to realize that he is going through some things. Like that is a that is a sure sign that yeah. he has been bottling up emotions for years, and r- unfortunately, it's all coming to a head and it's going a negative route. Yeah. But people in our own community, black folks, are just like, "Oh, he's tripping." Bow Wow is what? Bow Wow's crazy. Yeah. No, he's not crazy. The man needs help, and not and not in a whole sense of like, "Oh, he's crazy. Help him." Like. No, he needs somebody. He needs to. He needs to know how to process his emotions. He he's a thirty year old man, thirty two year old man that was never taught how to do this. Yeah, and that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, and definitely with battle situations, also a little different because it adds another dynamic on top of it of the. You just like to see people who are famous and who have a lot of money kind of just fail. We kind of just let them because it's kind of. Well, they they have all this money. They should be they should be perfectly fine. They should be happy. What? Well, money why? does not buy happiness. First of all, I'm gonna need people to get off that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I might be happy if you know I had a couple mil in the bank. I might be a little happy about hey. a, a couple of things, but it does not solve every issue in my in my life. Yeah, sometimes it just brings more. more Honestly, issues. more money, more problems. What it? What? What? You know who said that? What? What philosopher said that? You know, people just thought it was it was a. Well, no, that. That that TED talk, the more money, more problems. Who, That's what we should name that? this episode. Ooh, ooh. But I mean, what, that the did those inspirational words come from Bill Gates? Nah. Steve Jobs? Nah. Oh man, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> Trash. Nah, Trash. that would that would be uh, my boy uh, Biggie Smalls. Yeah. 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 Why are you trying to put me on the spot like hey, I didn't know? I was I I see that awkward pause was because I thought you was finna say his name, oh, no. not oh, me. Oh, you're gonna put this on me. Yes, bro. Dead ass though. I thought you were gonna <laughs> say his name. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say his name, not me. Oh okay. you try to play me like I'm just out here quoting stuff and don't know nothing. Right, right. Anyways. Anyways. And be your own friends, y'all. Be your own people. Anywho. So emotions, you don't handle them every day. Sometimes I feel like some some black parents they show a certain amount of a little bit, a little bit more uh, <laughs> uh, more emotions than other more other. more of certain emotions yeah. than others. <laughs> Anger, um. Anger. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, but it doesn't necessarily prepare you to handle you know the wide variety of different emotions and right. sub emotions subcategories of emotions that you should so when things get overwhelming it becomes really tough very tough when of course it's easy to handle the positive ones excitement joy oh Happiness. love infatuation sometimes that can be even tough as that's well a little, that's a little it's a little rocky on that one rocky I and mean, when you're deeply in love with somebody, infatuation, you you up there. It's right. easy to handle those with caring or like... Yeah, you know, the, the nice stuff is always cool to handle. Yeah, but, but then when it gets dark... Yeah, like the, the stress and anxiety. Anxiety, and guilt, shame, loneliness, confusion. Just stress. Ooh, <laughs> depression. Um, Ooh. Yeah, we <laughs> don't... We're not equipped to handle those. Anxiety. I mean... So yeah, as a society, we're not trained to, to do anything about that. It just sometimes we, we go through life and these emotions come up and they go away. But what happens when they come up and they stay or they're strong or they 
produce these thoughts that are consistently there and there and there. You wake up, they're there for hours, days. Then what? Then what? Then it's easy to get overwhelmed and get pushed into certain things like dissociation, which is the overwhelming feeling that you get to the point where you go numb and then you start to feel like your life is in your own, your body is in your own, and that's your way of your body trying to distance yourself from your emotions. That or you feel everything all at once, you become frustrated and you start to cut yourself. Or, even worse, make plans to end your life. All things that you should probably seek professional for. That's when you should not, know. Not probably. Like, hey, that you should seek definitely. professional help. Yeah. Please do that. Please, please do. Um, but we're here to tell you guys that it is okay to feel these things. It's yeah. it's a natural feeling. It's something that actually a lot more people go through than most people would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to get the awareness out of there. Awareness out. Awareness and get rid of the stigma mm-hmm. of mental health issues yeah. being a non-black issue. It's very much a black issue. Yeah. Very much so. Because I feel like the main and last deterrent would be just overall suspicion of like other agencies coming in suspicion of our doctors and how effective they are going to be or whether they're going to understand our struggle what we've been through Mm -hmm. and i get it i get it um i mean i was just telling you earlier that Mm -hmm. i personally stopped going to my therapist because he wasn't black (laughs) like I, i know that sounds like really really shallow of me but it's just like i i did not feel a connection Mm -hmm. with this person and i felt like when i was trying to you know unload my stuff and and try and sort through and get it together like unfortunately some of the stuff is just tied to the fact that i was raised in a black household um so it's something that you feel like you know you're not really going to necessarily understand right um but luckily in today's day and age having more and more african-american therapists is is a thing and it's it's happening yeah slowly slowly but surely slowly but surely yeah so i'm currently looking for a new therapist just because i feel like i need to have an african-american therapist to kind of like get their their idea and input on a on a few things that weigh heavy on me yeah because definitely as african-americans i feel like there's um from your experiences there's an like an extra like kind of tinge like tint to it that you if anybody else or if you had therapy and you had to talk to them about it you would have to, like you would have to then like okay let's take a break from the side story let me explain to you the history of this thing exactly. about the about like, the let me explain the nod across the room to a fellow black person right that like they're not gonna understand too much why you do it sometimes we don't even know why we do it but it's kind of like you got it you got to (laughs) but it's Uh, not more once you get into treatment with a fellow a fellow african-american then you're like i don't have to explain this i can just just get straight to the point like okay here are the issues this 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 this, and this i don't have to give you a backstory of why it's an issue because of being black exactly and then they're like oh no and then so so that makes sense so yeah i mean uh if you do feel like as an african-american you need Mm -hmm. some therapy um know that you can seek a therapist that is african-american and you can get somebody that you relate to yeah you can be in there and be like you know what sis i'm going through some things like let, let me know let me know am i tripping or am i good and to say that hey you have to always see black therapists as well if that's your preference, sure. If you, if there is some, but there are other qualified therapists that you can go to. And yeah. If you go sure. and then some of you will click with right away and they can be different races of you and they'll understand. There will be a fair share that won't understand and they won't, they will ask you, but at least that they'll ask you and they'll try to learn. They'll try to understand. And maybe you'll, you'll understand and gain some, gain some clarity along the way as well. But, I mean, it all starts with you actually going to that first appointment, you talking with them, and, you know, just laying things out on the table and seeing where things lie. So. 
Yeah, so with that being said, um, it's okay to seek help, to seek a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, There are several therapists out there that can help you with a lot of the emotions that you are going through. Um, Don't let the fear of the unknown be the reason why you continue to silently suffer. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are interested in seeking your own mental health services and you have state insurance, you guys are more than welcome to call your county, look up on their website, their mental health services uh, number, call them, and they will be more than happy to connect you guys to the mental health services you need. And also, depending on how it's set up, they can also figure draft a referral, ask about your problem, so that when it's provided to the clinician, they'll have a pretty good background of how to contact you, the issue, and how best to assign it to their clinicians. You can also just contact your insurance directly and ask them, you know, which therapists in your area take your coverage. Um, and then you can do your own research. You can always Google a therapist and see like what their background is, what their specialty is that way, if you feel more comfortable doing it that way. Exactly. Either way, you can, you can get help. There's help. It's available. All you have to do is seek it. We'll be right back after this break. Hey guys, I wanted to take some time from this podcast to uh, remind you of something special. Something that we all take for granted. What's that, sir? There's been plenty of times that we've been let down. Plenty of times that we've been counting on somebody to hold us up. Yet we were disappointed. But let me tell you. What, what are you talking about? Let me tell you something. What? You know who has never let me let me down? Who? Has always got my back? Earring backs. Man, this dude here. Oh. Earring backs. They always got you. Shut up. I'm telling you. Earring backs. Essential. I'm telling you, when you argue with your girlfriend, you take them earring backs. She gonna call back. Shut <laughs> <laughs> Tell you. So this moment. So you're sabotaging your girlfriend's ingratitude. Hearing backs. Thank you for always having our backs. Oh. You know when you lose them, you miss them. When you lose them, you miss them, don't you? I mean, you have a point there, but I'm still Ooh. trying to figure out. Do they ever come undone? If they write, if they write in tight. Do they ever come undone? You're missing my point here. <laughs> I need to. Are you know. hitting your mic? Are no. you getting belligerent? Shut up! You know that was an accident. I need to know. Are you seriously telling people that you're, you know, in an argument, you taking your girl's earring backs? Is that is that what I'm hearing? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying not to do it. I'm just saying <laughs> they appreciate it. They won't call back. Oh my gosh, you just the whole process are out of control. Out of control. Hearing backs. Don't take them for granted. I can't. Don't take them. Alright, Nay, let's let's wrap this up. What's our la- what's our last thing? What's what's our last boogie get down? Anywho, on a more serious note, uh so my boy here had a good idea that we should come up with uh, a segment called What Is This Week Telling You? Um, where we just drop a little, a few tidbits to help you through your week in a good, healthy way. Yeah. So, uh, what's this week telling you? Yeah, man. First off, you know, I felt like this segment would be perfect because each week we should be taking at least some time to reflect on how it's been, what's going right, what's going wrong. And quite often each week is, has a certain theme to it, a certain lesson that we should, you know, try and tap into. Right. All right. So for this week, this week is telling me that dishonesty. Mostly, it's a lot of dishonesty out there. Um, so as you know, I work with kids, and some of them, some of them, for the most part, have been doing pretty well. Some have been rocky, and the rocky ones up front, I know from the get go, like, ah, man, this is gonna be a tough one. The ones that, when they start doing good, when they start doing well. That's when, you know, I let my guard down. I start getting really optimistic about how they're doing. 
get really hopeful and seeing where things can go. But quite often, you know, with kids, people in general, they they lie. And for the most part, for most of my, like, years working with kids in therapy, is just lying really gets me. For the most part, I've been getting, I've been doing pretty well with managing it and my feelings around it. But this week, um, just being reminded about, like, dishonesty and how it can keep you from growing and how, you know, lies keep you from the truth that you need to to grow, basically. Yeah. So quite often, what we after going to a kid kid's school and figuring out like, oh, all he's he still is not going to school, even though he's telling me flat out to my face that he's going to school. Other kids saying they're doing well in class and like they're damn near about to lose their acceptance letter to to college because no, they're still goofing off. And if they had told me that earlier, hey, Mr. Jeremiah, I'm, I'm not doing well, or hey, I'm acting up in class, and I need help with this, then we could have been working on that. Right. But now we've given up, what, two, three weeks of progress that we could have been working on to, you know, go back, have a talk, you know, <clears throat> have a talk about what we're doing wrong and why we, we're not doing the right way and making adjustments, what adjustments we can plan and, who can help us with this and connecting resources? I've missed out on all that time, and I feel for us that you know it's we do that. We do that often. We do that with uh, calories. We do that with exercise. We do that with spending. We do that with a whole lot of stuff. And the only people we're lying to is ourselves. And the only people we're cheating ourselves out. The only people we're cheating is ourselves, pretty much. Right. So I mean, it's just a reminder that for me. I can't cheat myself. I gotta be honest. I gotta, I gotta be honest out here. And things I gotta do, I gotta do. Okay. I mean, if it's this one meal a day thing, gotta watch my calories, gotta get in the gym more often, that's all I gotta do. And I'll be honest. That, except, you know, my weight. Set my weight to roll <laughs> on with it. You know, except that I'm getting old out here. You know, I can't move like I used to. Oh. Man. It's not varsity basketball varsity football oh growth no more so that is nimble it's all right it's nimble it's all right so i mean acceptance acceptance and honesty is yours all right man that's 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 what's up so hopefully you get something out of it that this week hopefully that message resonates with you if not hopefully you look over your week you figure out you know what you got what's in right with you what you can take from um so i had a different one and i'm gonna change it last minute because i really put some more thought into it we're gonna call model so what this week is telling me is to appreciate the little things the small things um i know personally i sometimes get so focused in like the negative things that are going on in my life um and that again is part of my whole mental health journey um so yeah just taking time out to appreciate the little things and being positive um whether it be something as simple as you know hey i woke up this morning i mean that that's not really simple but you know like saying, I'm here, I'm out here. Or, you know, I, I did this turned in on time for work or whatever the case may be. Like my car started, my car's still here. Like things that we take for granted normally, just kind of just appreciating that. I um, mean, just looking through, looking at life through a more positive lens would be one thing that I feel like this week is telling me. Um, and I did pretty good, but I'm just trying to keep it going. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Taking things for granted, mm-hmm. you know, got not giving you your uh, your props. Exactly. I feel like there's a lot of things that we do that that we feel like we just supposed to be doing anyway, yeah. so we don't necessarily we don't be like need credit for this. Yeah, you don't like pat yeah. yourself on the back. Like, good job. Like some stuff that I do, I'm just like, huh. yeah. well, I had to anyways. But no, but you did it well. So yeah, well. appreciate that. Be bask in it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, man, that's that's what this week is telling me. Yeah, so, well, let's, uh, that 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 concludes our episode this yeah, week. Yeah, we made it. Um, you know, another again. Another good one. This is another love banger. yours. Love yours, the podcast. Love yours. We out here. Um, you guys can follow us <clears throat> on IG. Our IG is. You already know. You can find me on IG swoosh night swoosh underscore night you feel me that's that's the ig and uh the twitter follow me holla at your boy oh my gosh anyways uh you guys can follow me on instagram as well as twitter at danae underscore vanessa that's d-a-n-e-e underscore vanessa v-a-h-n-e-s-s-a and you can definitely definitely Follow the podcast, fam. Get at us on IG. That's uh, at love yours underscore podcast. That's L-O-V-E-Y-O-U-R-S underscore podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at love yours underscore pod. Again, that's love yours underscore pod. All right, y'all. So have a great black week. Yeah. Stay black. In this black month. Get some black food. Wear black clothes. Man. (laughs) Get a beret. I got one. A black leather one. Get at me. Look, y'all need to bring out your Black Lives Matter gear. Yo, Etsy got some nice pins out here. You need to pick up a black Um, I follow a few pages. A few pages that have some really Etsy about to come up this month. Y'all need to y'all need to get on Etsy. Etsy ain't paying us for this, but they you know what? We're going to send them an invoice. <laughs> We're, send them an invoice We're not going to send them an invoice. It's about black unity. Cease and desist. Right now. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. All right, y'all. Th- uh, that, that wraps up our episode. We'll see y'all next week. All right. Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Peace. And I'm black, y'all.